0: You've got a passion for the outdoors, a desire to feel the warm sun on your face, the sound of your fly line whipping through the air, the pop of the water as the fish inhales the fly you just found in the floorboard of your truck. You need to feel the cool waters on your feet, the crisp north breeze of a November morning, the sound of a turkey gobble, the December rut, the chills of an elk bugle in September, it's the longing
1: passion to chase your obsession. This is what we share. This is what we preach. Welcome to Honey Hole Hangout.
2: Welcome. What's up, everybody? Today we have myself, Landon, on the mic. We have Zach. Hello. We have Gabe. Good morning. And we have our guest, Nate Skinner. What's Welcome up, to guys? the show, man. Hey, thanks. We're glad to have you. This is awesome.
1: Yeah, man. Pretty excited to be here.
2: So we're going to talk to Nate. He uh, contributes to Lone Star Outdoor News, does outdoor photography, basically lives, breathes, eats everything outside. That's it, man. We're going to talk to him in a little bit. He's basically what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's a lot of work. (laughs) The,
1: The grind is fun.
2: But first, we have our last summer of mixing.
1: Man, it was it was a wild. It, it ride. was a wild.
0: Yeah, we tried a lot of craziness. Yeah, I'm glad we did. Now we know. What was well, your
2: favorite drink of summer mixing?
0: Oh, the the uh, the and bush brew? and yeah, the Dew and Brew, Bush Light, and, really? and Mountain Dew. I think an that was combo. I think it was the, the biggest surprise of it all. I
3: was yeah, it was like uh, yeah, most improved. You know, biggest surprise definitely. Yeah, yeah,
0: and that's probably why. I feel like it was it was the best one we had because you, you know you're going into it and you're like oh this is gonna be trash anyway right
2: like, like, oh this oh, actually is pretty wait good a second
0: yeah. yeah yeah had me had me questioning life's decisions after that that was probably my favorite well that was the biggest surprise
3: my favorite maybe a mint and julep that one was good too. that was pretty that was good. good yeah I mean like that's like it's hard to beat the classics that I already love like the old fashioned and Manhattan mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I'm gonna go with me. Well, today
2: we have margaritas. We're going out strong. It's hard to go well, out. standard. yeah. What, what was yours, Landon? What was my favorite? Yeah. Uh, I love a whiskey smash. When we did the blood orange. Smash. Oh, that was okay. good. It feels yeah. so good.
3: Um, Can we agree on what the worst was? <laughs>
2: uh, yes. <laughs> Baja Blast. No, no, no. No. that was that, that crappy that was, kombucha oh, that you brought.
0: I don't know. It did clear me up pretty good. Is,
3: well, is it a <laughs>
2: kombucha or? Say.
0: Or the uh, the berry the berry soda one. Probably the berry soda one. Only because no. we didn't get the right berry. No, 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 no. Was no. the kombucha, kombucha worse? Look, I know I t- in the episode that just came out today, I talked a lot of trash. But I- I'll tell you, the next day, it was, it was pretty regular. The thing is, if you chug <laughs> the kombucha. You how can do you get... spell that? I'm sorry.
3: How, how do you spell that? I think it's K-O-M.
0: K-O-M-B-U-cha. B- yeah. <laughs> <U-C-H-A>. <laughs> K-O-M-B-U-C-H-A. Yeah, U-C-H-A. Kombucha. Yeah. Does it matter? <laughs>
3: nah, not yeah, really. It don't was a it. hard kombucha <laughs> yeah. and it was it was
0: not great.
2: Hmm. It didn't smell good, it
0: didn't taste good. It didn't smell good. It it had like a like a second where it's like, eh, it's okay, and then it hit you with like, it no, it did. It was like no. strong oh, aftertaste.
3: Yeah, then, yeah. yeah. never again. The, and the aftertaste didn't leave.
2: Yeah.
0: No, it didn't. Yeah. It just like
3: hung around. Yeah. But
2: today we're drinking margaritas from Taco Cabana.
3: Dude, Taco Cabana. We've been hitting, talking
2: about this one for weeks. Hitting
3: it hard. What this Are we going to guess what flavor it is? Yeah, guess
2: what flavor.
1: I feel like it's like a melon.
2: Watermelon? I think it's watermelon. It's
1: definitely watermelon. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's good. And yours are pre-mixed.
2: Yeah. They just cover the top. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah.
3: Because like the last time I bought margaritas from Taco Cabana. They just gave you the little bottle. They give you the tiny little bottle. You go home and you mix it yourself. Hmm. Tastes like a Jolly Rancher.
2: It does. It does taste like a Jolly Rancher. It's definitely a Jolly Rancher. It's not like a real watermelon. It's like a fake. Jolly artificial artificial watermelon. Watermelon. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I kind of miss getting your own little individual bottle because that way you can be like, i am I lime. having a good day or a bad day? <laughs> right. Or you get home and you're like, I'm going to put the Jose in the corner and add my own Patron. Yeah. And then again, you have a backup. Extra bottles you can put in the golf bag. Exactly. exactly. So right. I try to
2: get four very different flavors.
0: So yeah, so that one's not bad. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm very water. Right. Like a, like a
3: watermelon. Candy, watermelon. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. there is like a watermelon margarita and those are great.
1: I could almost see, like, adding, like, uh, you know, a shot of rum to that, uh, being on the boat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Holy cow, that'd be yeah. refreshing. You know, on a hot day.
0: I get, it, it's there, and then you get that margarita aftertaste. Yep. Yep. Not bad.
3: So, we're going to pound these and get real crazy?
2: <laughs> we can keep we can keep chatting, and then as we kind of get into the next one, we can br- bring it back. So, okay. Zach, you turn 30. Yeah, I turned 30. (laughs) (laughs) How's it feel?
3: It's not bad. You know, Uh, January 1st was like the big existential crisis of the year. And then as the year progressed, you know, you come to deal with it a little bit better. Yeah. But no, I felt special. So I was good.
2: Yeah. What did we do for your birthday, Zach? We went
3: to a missions game. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. 12 of the closest friends came out. We had a good time. We watched the missions lose so badly. Uh,
2: they lost so bad, but it wasn't the caveat boring. is they had those two outs at home plate that were awesome. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, it wasn't boring. There was always, you know, there was always one something One team to watch. was scoring. One, yeah, that's what I'm saying. saying team, <laughs> it's yeah. mildly baseball. It's <laughs> exciting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: And it yeah. was the hooks, too. So it was like,
0: oh, there I you kind of know who yeah. you are, you know?
3: Yeah.
0: It could have been worse. could have been like a bunch of foul balls, a 1-0 or 2-0 You know, play. Yeah, but
1: no, it was 10-0. to
0: We
2: were kind of close to catching a foul ball in our area.
1: We were, weren't we? Yeah. Were you guys there, like, sporting gloves and, you know, the the whole nine yards? No.
2: No, you were supporting a sash, though. Oh, I did, yeah. (laughs) that's my 30th. (laughs) Hey,
3: dude, you know what? I will wear that sash. I mean, I'm not going to lie about my birthday, but I will wear it a lot because I got so much free beer at that game because of the sash.
2: How much free beer did they give you?
3: Like three beers. That's like <laughs> that's like thirty dollars. Yeah.
2: I I vaguely remember you being told that you could have more free beer, but they wouldn't let you drive. You had to have they had, I had to home.
3: confirm who my designated driver was, and it was my wife. There you go. Okay. Yeah.
2: And then they continued to serve you free and beer. And then
3: they continued to give me free beer. Nice. So yep.
2: they gave us the free hats too, the flying chonklas. That yeah. was nice. It was
3: a good giveaway. <laughs> and I'm a sucker for yeah. a giveaway,
0: man. Like, that was a and that's a solid hat
3: too. It not is. like a crappy yeah. hat. Like, like that
2: that hat costs more than the tickets. Like I'm not gonna lie. I mean, well, what's
1: pretty... special about the hat? It's just an it's
2: just like a good quality yeah, hat. I mean, like it's got a
3: you know it's got a big advertisement on the side, but it was it
0: was a lot solid. Of, lid. You know, a lot yeah. of times like the yeah. little giveaways are not,
3: and it's and it's their, not great.
2: It's their alternate logo, the Flying chocolate, which is yeah. just yeah fantastic it as well.
0: A great the like flying you, you, sandal, I like it. Yeah. but you know when you put a hat on, and you're like okay, there's quality to this, or it's not like it's not all completely uh, truckered hat out right. with the soft bill. No, it was like. I was surprised. A good hat. Yeah. 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 Like, I wouldn't mind wearing this out, you know? <laughs> Sweet. Um, nor did I think anybody. I mean, well, I, I remember when we pulled up. like, man, everyone's buying buying the hats today. That's pretty cool. And then you walk in, there's a big table full of them. Yeah. So, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm free out. hat
2: night. Heck, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah and then
2: uh, something about bobbleheads. What happened with the bobbleheads? Yeah, heads?
0: When um Big shout out to Bill, a uh, girl uh, who's a director there. I don't know. I... Um, Bill's awesome came uh he was walking by and ended up chatting with him a couple of innings. And um yeah, no, uh he he was just on the local news about his bobblehead collection, which is just ridiculous. Uh, so like how many is it? I don't know, but he's got Like are we rare talking hundreds
2: ones, or are we talking thousands?
0: Probably pushing I would say over over seven hundred, I think wow. he's got. Okay.
3: You have a picture, right?
0: Yeah, that's just on his office. I thought he has I, mean, I don't know what the full number is, but I know some of the stuff he has are, like, rare or, like, um, you know, they had, uh, I forget where it was at. But it was, like, ich- Ichiro's, you know, probably Seattle, but it was like, one of his last, like, commemorative bobblehead night. thing think he was able to get one of those. Like, people send him stuff. and Those bobbleheads um, are crazy expensive, too. Yeah. Very, really? Yeah,
3: really? Yeah. Like, because they only give them out for, like, one game. Right. And so, like, I have a couple. I have one of, the, like, Pudge Rodriguez's uh, retirement. Yeah. Pudge. Yeah, Classic. man. So, we, uh, my wife and I went up there for his retirement ceremony. Um, or, no, his uh, Hall of Fame inductee ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. So that was and cool. you got a bobblehead out of it. Yep. And it's a nice <laughs> bobblehead. But, yeah, I mean, like, mm-hmm. but those are, like, consistently selling for, like, 80 to to $100, which, I mean... Yeah. Okay. Something you give away for free, and there's yeah.
0: like like and that's the low end of like the collection. Yeah, and money. that's yeah, and that's the low end. But like regionally, they've had some of the puffy taco ones and and stuff like that, which you know are easily like $30, 40 bucks for like a free a freebie that you just right. rolled up on. And um, for the short time I worked there, I I did manage to get a couple of cool things, you know, uh, stuff they had in, in the back that, you know, uh, just some old old stock stuff and. Um, but no, it was just, it was pretty cool. It was pretty neat. They had the new, uh, s- scoreboard, which was really nice. And uh, you know, it just seemed a little bit more, yeah. or a little little nicer. They want people to go out there.
2: Yeah. My favorite thing is when, uh, the foul ball went into the parking lot and then immediately an advertisement for glass repair. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> was timed like, Will. Classic. Heck it heck is. Yeah. And it
3: happens every time. It's great. Yep. Uh, the puffy taco is my favorite part. The mascot. Yeah.
2: I don't know
0: why. It was like the puffy taco.
2: It's fun. The kiddo got to run the bases, didn't she?
0: Yeah, kiddo got to run the bases after the game. They let all these kids. In. It's like we were we were getting ready to walk out as we're walking down from the the seats. They said, "Okay, all the kids line up at first base." Nice. I guess. I don't know. All of a sudden like 800 kids went over to That's first a, base. Where's right? my, my child out. at? Work. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, well, you know, and this is like her second baseball game. I don't think they really did it. We went to a Hooks game in in Corpus. And uh, you know, she just so just follow those kids. You know, mom will be outside. I will meet you on the third pace side. So it's like literally these kids have all of like three feet in front of each other. Right. Just a literal line of kids running the bases, running the bases. You know. And uh, do any kids slide in? I, I didn't. Think I'm that. sure. I'm sure there's like one or two that slide in, but just man, it was. I mean, it was cool, but it's just like damn, it's chaos. A lot of, yeah, ka- basically chaos. You know, organized, organized chaos because yeah. there's one guy there's like go, go, <laughs> go. But literally, like, three steps in front of each kid was another kid. <laughs> I'm surprised no one, like, got yeah, ran over. Ran got ran over or, or yeah. uh, That's great. Yeah, but other than that, it was... It was it and the weather was nice. We had a nice breeze.
2: It that was a great
3: was night. Awesome. Yeah,
0: I'll take it. Um, so, yeah, nachos,
2: hot dogs, beers. It was good. And then, Zach, you had to cancel your trip to the coast, huh?
3: Yeah, uh, Friday night when we got home, Mustang Island posted on their webpage that they were closing half of the park for rain. they were forecasting forecasted to get. Um, it was gonna be high tides and flood half the park. So they ended up just Ken and I were like, me, you, and a dog in a pop up camper for three days. We were like, let's not and say we did. So we got a refund. But then we ended up going to Desert Door. That
2: um, so tall.
3: Yep, so tall place that or so tall drink that we had a few weeks and months ago. Was there anything at that distillery that? Was only at the distillery? They have two things that they do there. Um, They have an Explorer series. So remember, the first time we ever tried it was that Garrison Brothers. Which was good. It was phenomenal. Very good. Yeah. That was part of their Explorer series, which every either four or six months, they partner with another distillery, not necessarily bourbon, and they uh, make a specialized drink using their casks. So the one they have right now is... They're barrel-aged so tall, but it's kept in rum casks.
0: Okay, which I think should be, yeah. It, and I, yeah. I, got a
3: t- I tasted that. Sweeter. I bought a tasting of it. It was, it was a lot sweeter.
2: Could you buy the bottles there? Mm-hmm.
3: Other they're Explorer Series. And they have another one. <clears throat> I never got an answer if it's actually a different product or if it's just they put their same product in this certain bottle to sell it to, for conservation. So, like, right now, they're partnering with this um, honeybee conservation, I forget the actual name of it, that is really dedicated on to replacing non-native Texas plants with native species to encourage bee populations to, to grow.
1: That's interesting.
3: Yeah. So uh, so they're partnering with them. and Some I of them, the money goes yeah, to them. Yeah, exactly. Cool. But if you've never been out there, it's in Driftwood. It's a really neat place to go and just hang out. Um, and they have a really, really cool tour. It's 25 bucks, but um, they like walk you through everything and then you get to taste both their main products, their yeah. staples, and you get to keep your little uh, cojita or co- it. cochita, or whatever they call it.
0: I know I did the, the shiner one and we did it like the first opening, which is like 10 o'clock. Uh, so we got and we hadn't even eaten breakfast yet and I think they gave you like five tokens. We're walking Ooh. out of that place like, <laughs> I need some breakfast. Yeah, I need something. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's a good tour. That's a. It was a fun. It was a cool tour. I want to do the Shiner tour. I think we did that one and the Bluebell in, in the same day. Yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah. Nice. A little fun. beer, a little ice cream. A little
0: beer, a little ice cream. It was, it was good. Nap but at time. Least, but at least there was like a, <laughs> was like a <laughs> couple of hours in between the two, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. Should have rotated out that. Should have done the Bluebell first. Right. Then the, the
3: boozing, shiner. right?
0: Yeah. But yeah.
2: Have you guys taken number two? I have. Uh, margarita.
1: Yeah. Standard margarita.
2: Standard margarita. Straight up lime. Thoughts? It's, it's fine.
1: It's a margarita. Now let
2: me. These margaritas cost three dollars each. So. Nice. Oh man, that's you, fantastic. Yeah. If we're talking price for a margarita, it's legit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can drink a few of those for three
3: dollars.
1: What's
0: your? What's your? What's your? What's the best margarita you've had? No price as an exception. What what's been your
3: there's this place downtown called the Worm. Okay. The Dirty Worm. Okay. Right? Am I thinking of that right? I
4: don't
3: know. I think so. Okay. And it was pretty good. We got- I, had a, I had a. it was a lime one with like a little bit of jalapeno margarita in it. Okay. It good.
1: Man, my favorite margarita of all time is a place in San Leon, Texas, uh Topwater Bar and Grill. Okay. Uh I don't know why they just make really awesome margaritas. Maybe it's because you're sitting there on the water. Uh, we uh, I grew up in Texas City, so uh, we took the boat uh, to Topwater a lot. That was uh, when I was dating my wife. That was her like favorite date. Uh, I actually proposed to my wife on the way to Topwater. So. <laughs> oh, but, awesome! Uh, yeah, but uh, and the margaritas at Topwater Bar and Grill in San Leon. If you ever make it to the upper Texas coast, uh, check it out. They're pretty good. I got two. I'd say one La Gloria for sure. La Gloria's margaritas
0: hit hard. Well So there's two La
3: Glorias now. Yes. Which one? The local San Antonio one or like the the big one at the rim? What's the local one?
1: The one at the rim is good. That's what I'm saying. The one No, at, there's like that
3: the chef, the one, the guy who owns like Burger Tecca and yeah, La Gloria. Which
0: is the Pearl, and then there's one over here off of 10. ten. Yeah, see there's but now there's there's La Glorious,
3: which is the one that's owned by Chef yeah, Johnny, right? Yeah, I think his name. And then there's La Gloria, which is like, I don't know if it's a huge, like, one, but I know that Dallas has a couple. Oh,
0: nice I don't know. Haven't one. heard of that
3: one. We'll have to take a look at it. But the one at the Pearl, that one. I
0: changed my I changed
3: my answer. Those that one. those drinks in general, yeah. like their manguinatas and their margaritas. Yeah, best drinks. Yeah, I mean, you have one.
0: Or when you're on your second one and you know that was a bad decision, they're like,
3: yeah. yeah. Just don't
1: don't get the Jaegerita. I don't, I don't know. If you're a Jaeger fan, maybe. But <laughs> I I, they have a lot. A I, had a, I had a business meeting there one time oh. of some really good customers and uh, my business partner. And, uh, you know, somebody ordered a Jaegerita. Or I don't know if that's really what it was called, but it, it was a margarita with Jaeger in it. And, uh, as truck. a, like a, with like a, a side shot that he dropped no, no, like in you know, like, a- you know, like one of those swirl margaritas, yeah. you could see the swirl of Jaeger in it. Really? Yeah. And, uh, it, it was a beautiful drink. I'm not a big Jaeger fan. I don't so know if I could do that. No, I, I didn't want anything to do with it, but yeah. my partner orders one because, you know, our customers did. So my business partner orders one and then he orders another one and, you know, then it was the next day it was like, dude, why do I feel so bad? Well, you had three. Two or three Jaeger margaritas yeah. on top of <laughs> you got two regular margaritas? I, I wonder why. And the
0: <laughs> diabetes that came with all that yeah. sugar. Yeah, yeah, So I like Jaeger. I could probably try one. I guess I could, I could I like see how. Or Jaeger bomb. Well, I think that would be the thing. You're getting that, like, was it like licorice, I guess? Yeah. Right yes. with the sweetness. Yeah. So you kind of have a
1: little bit of that balance. There's, I guess an day. offset there. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm just, I do not like Jaeger personally. So yeah. I was just, when I saw that, I was like, no, thank you. Jaeger
3: always reminds me of like when I was a kid, not a kid, like, you know, like 16, 17, you know. I remember staying up playing cards with my stepbrother, my stepbrothers, and my stepmom, who, like, you know, everyone has a really weird relationship with their step parents, especially when they're teenagers. But I remember like the coolest thing she ever did. We were up late playing cards. My dad had already gone to bed. And she poured us all like a little shot of <laughs> And it was like, it's just like, that's one of those memories I'll always remember. You know, but it's just, it always so, yeah, comes.
0: Shut up and go to bed. With, that's probably yeah, yeah. why. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Bed I don't quick. know.
3: She was having a good time. She was playing cards with us, you know. The,
0: the second one I'd say is out uh, in McQueenie. There is a, I I don't I guess it's still up, I don't know. There's a ski lodge there in McQueeny, just outside Seguin. And uh, we got invited with a member. And their margaritas came in like a 20 ounce cup. And they said, you can only have two. So wow. you were like there's These a reason. Are serious. The we just had one and one was more than enough. <laughs> Man, I was yeah. And you're at your, you know, college drinking level. Yeah. Yeah, to have one and be like I'm done. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I can I probably sniff one of those now and be hung over <laughs> the next day. <laughs> yeah. I'm was
2: a, a big fan of Corona ritas. Mm. Where they I like the beer rita. Yeah, where they dump the Corona upside down in a margarita. Yep. And then you can do an old timers Corona where they drop a shot of whiskey in there too.
3: Oh, real? That sounds crazy.
2: Yeah,
1: Man, and that's good stuff
2: too. Do you ever?
1: Do you There's remember- a place somewhere on, on the north side of San Antonio that's big on the beer eater deal. Well, I, uh, like you call it whatever you want. And they put yeah, it in. it's like they got a whole bunch of specialty ones with different kinds of beers. You know, regular margaritas, strawberry margaritas. What's like that place it, called? I can't it, think. It of It seemed
0: like it didn't exist until uh, the first time I saw it was maybe about ten years ago. There was a place over there by. Uh, the Corey Market, and I forget the name of the dang restaurant. I they can't closed. think of one either. They closed, but they were the first ones you walked in, and I saw the you know the upside down beer yeah. in it. And I feel like as soon as that happened, within a year, big ev- craze. Everybody, yeah, um, even Las Palapas now has them. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like you just now you need to have them on. You know,
3: the chimneys in Lubbock claims to do the to have the first Corona Rita. Really? Yeah, they claim that.
2: Well, is. but Chimmy's Jimmy didn't originate in Lubbock, did it? Because I think there's multiple. There's
3: different. multiple, but I think the original was in Lubbock. Hmm. I don't know. Where, what would... Let's ask the Google. Coronarita.
2: Let's ask um, the Google. I uh, speaking of margaritas, number three, what do you guys think? Is this prickly pear? I think it's orange.
1: What? This one's pretty refreshing, if you ask me. I'm not going to lie. This Because one is I know what so flavors far.
2: I ordered. Yeah, but it was pink. I know what flavors I ordered, and one of them was blood orange, and blood orange was not the first one.
1: This one... So I far, I know one. we got one more to try. This this one is my favorite. Really? Yeah, I don't I, I like don't know this why. one too. Yeah. It's pretty good. And plus it kind of looks like a snow cone. You know? It does.
3: This one's not bad. The watermelon one was too candy-esque, mm-hmm. you know.
2: For sure. This one's good. Like if I get a
3: watermelon margarita, I want it to taste like the fruit. Yeah.
2: It's got to have the real fruit in there. It's to be like a real fruit margarita. What's your last one? Like
3: blue Karakawa? I don't know. Or if it's like a Blue Hawaiian, it looks like. Yeah. Oh, like Hunch Punch.
2: <laughs> did uh, you guys watch from college football this weekend?
3: I did watch a lot of college
2: football. Yeah, me too. I, I didn't slept. catch any. Did y'all catch the LSU Florida State game?
3: No, that was Monday Ooh. night. Ooh. That was the one that ended up with a um, blocked field goal? It did. Yeah, wow.
2: LSU crawled back. They forced a fumble on the like the two-yard line, drove all the way down the field, literally scored a touchdown as the clock ran out. When they were kicking the extra point, zero time on the clock, an extra point was a tie-it, and the field goal got blocked.
1: So oh, they man. lost. What a heartbreaker.
2: They lost, yeah, to Florida State.
3: That's crazy.
2: And I watched a Tech football game, and obviously, and they put on the...
3: The best show I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Y'all are Tech guys, right? Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Made me excited for the season.
2: Yep. I'm hoping for... Seven wins, I think it's realistic.
0: Yeah.
3: I, I forgot it started. Like, I knew our it was... secondary
2: looked horrible, but everything else looked top notch. I knew Top-notch. college
0: season was starting. I just hadn't paid attention to it. I took Friday off, I played in a church golf scramble. Nice. And if there's one thing about church golf scrambles, no it's drinking, cutthroat. I bet it is. Yeah, there's cheaters. There's a lot of margaritas. <laughs> there are more cheaters. <laughs> <Probably> no margaritas. <laughs> no, no. There was. What l- kind of church are we talking? Uh, Cyo. I won't say the church name.
1: Oh, but I mean, what denomination? Are we oh, Catholic? Catholic. Okay. Well, yeah. Heck. So, yeah. That's a oh, bunch dude, of booze they, going on.
0: I will say, like, they they ran it really well. They've done it in a couple of years. The guy who invited me, like, has been asking a couple of years, and was like, "You know what? I need to take a day off." So we went. They had tacos and and. Drinks and coffee, monsters like whatever you wanted. They had there, and they had like three uh, beer taps or beer, ju- uh, whatever um, deals. Kegs, kegs uh, on on the the deal. Um, Heck of a deal! Yeah, it was it was, dude, it, was it was awesome. Uh, What'd you shoot? Our team shot <coughs> four under, but I was like the only one that like really played. The other guys, <laughs> like one guy, thankfully could. Is it a four-man scramble? It was a four-man scramble. So best ball or well, usually is that, so this is, so scrambles are everybody hits and then you go to your to whatever shot you think is best. Like at the you same time it. or yeah. The confusion is when people say best ball is actually the best score, but people playing their own golf ball. So four of you all play one ball and then whatever the score is. That's what you take. A scramble is everybody hits, and then you take the best shot. You pick the ball and go. Okay, this shot was better, and then everyone hits from that spot until you. Oh, see, pull that's out. what I'm used to playing. Yeah, best ball.
3: Is yeah, that, no, strict, you hit that it, is standard. And then you for, go get your ball and go to the best shot ball. I and have and a everyone question. Goes from there, and whoever. Has when it.
2: are we going to embarrass ourselves in a honey hole scramble? <laughs> oh, I mean, team out. team honey hole. Anytime. I bet we. Yeah. I bet we. Well, I,
0: I'll be fine. Like I, I'm. I. I was happy the way I played. Did well. Uh, I had a cool chip in for the Eagle for the team. My drives were okay starting out, but usually took the majority of my second shots. Uh, so I was pretty happy with the way I played. But I knew it was a church scramble. And even though we we missed a lot of putts, I mean, we it's not like we shanked balls and we weren't on on two. It's just we played Golf Club of Texas, which is a nice course, but... Man, with all of the dryness out there, like those, those greens are fast, Yeah, you know, and so they, they don't sit. They just, you know, you, you a, a perfect shot anywhere else, like you'd be close to the pin. Here, you hit close and then it keeps rolling. Yeah. You know, and now you've got a, you know, 25-foot putt that you'd landed five feet from so the hole. Some of my
2: coworkers played TPC this weekend. Oh, that's a nice course. They got their free round in from volunteering for the Again. Valera Open.
0: I think mean, yeah, you got to do like eighteen hours or something
2: yep. to get to get, get that. a free round. Yeah. yeah, they get two free rounds. How
3: much rounds. is a is a round?
2: A TPC you 200? can't you can't get on unless you're staying there or you're a member. Oh well, it's probably it's
0: probably like
3: twenty over, grand to be a member. It's members. a twenty grand yeah.
2: just initiation fee. Damn, and then which is not which is not first.
0: which is not that crazy because oh, yeah. the yeah, golf club of Texas has a sister course. Um, Through a gated community, which isn't even that big uh, in those houses, and I actually worked out there in college. And the buy-in, I think, was like seventy-five k, and then you had your your annual dues for the course. So, but yeah, big big wigs, all of like the big big city, um, you know, executives and CEOs were all members over there. So it was pretty cool, and some of them were like really nice. And you could, you understood why they were good managers, you know, because even though you're just the, the cart guy, you know, they were they knew your name and, and whatever. But overall, I mean it was a it was a it was a good day. It was a nice day. Um we didn't tee off till like almost nine, so by the time we got done, we're like in the middle of the day and it got super hot. And I think the winning score was like eighteen under. I think it was like a fifty yeah, yeah. So but strong. but again, here's what happens. You go, you get your, your food, you're sitting there, and they get ready to do their raffles, and they start calling in who's got first, third place, second place. And then the first place stands up, and you're just like, N- No, there's no way these guys shot <laughs> fit," you know. But who, I don't know if they bought $100 worth of mulligans, so no telling. Oh, uh, buy did. mulligans. Yeah, you can buy mulligans. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. And those mulligans are usually but, like your raffle tickets for other uh, stuff. Oh, gotcha.
3: I mean,
2: if you're on a good scramble team, you've, you have one guy that's a ringer. That can basically is a scratch call for himself. You add three guys onto that to make like a birdie putt every hole. You're basically getting no, it's like, you're right. It's not it's, it's not, not, not hard to do because I've I've
0: had I've been on teams that we stacked and we've done it and still lost because of some Peoria scoring system, yeah. which was BS. <laughs> so uh, again it's it's it they're fun. You're gonna leave home with some we're gonna leave leave the tournament with you know, something that you've won in a, in a raffle or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, man, it, it's just those church ones. Those church ones, there's a lot of big racers that show up to that tournament. Right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you would think because it's a church tournament, everyone would be, it's worse. If we played, I'm good for two. Two solid hits. That's it.
2: Though we can only count on you for two hits.
3: I My mid game's okay. <laughs> every, everything else is awful. You can't putt? No, my mid game is okay. Yeah. Everything else is just I can't drive. Yeah, I can barely putt. I think we just need to go. I can hit five wedges to a
2: golf course and shoot a video of us playing golf and fishing the ponds. That oh no, play. that's.
3: I feel like that's the rare rod would fit in a
0: yeah a little caddy bag yeah so easily. Now believe me, there there's there's two big ponds on on that course, all on the backside, and um, they're. I mean, back in the day, there were big bass that you could see. I know I've been out there before, where there's guys that are fishing. Um, I didn't see him catch anything, but I can't imagine that there's not fish in those in those ponds. So yeah, I'm sure we can figure something out. I'm sure we just, you know, go on a Sunday at like five o'clock and tip the the front desk guy a couple of bucks and you know buy a cart and just. drive I say we don't even tell
2: them and then we get yelled at on video and that blows up on youtube. Well, usually there's only two guys. <laughs> usually there's only two guys working and so unlike, all about the drama. Yeah, but yeah.
0: unlike unlike other places where there's houses around, there's an, there's two apartment complexes. Well, the people in the apartment complex don't care. You yeah. know, if you're fishing those ponds because I'm sure the guys from the apartment complex come down and fish. Yeah, it, I right. fish it. Right. So, I think it's just different than some of those other courses where they have houses that are right there and then, you know, making a big stink about it because Ever. they got nothing yeah.
2: else to do. So I'm teaching the real fly fly tying class on Friday.
0: I'm excited to hear about
3: the that. The
2: listeners one. are going to hear about this two weeks too late. but That is tomorrow. Hey. It's on my Instagram. No, it's
0: what? That is tomorrow. Is it t- tomorrow?
2: It's Friday. Right. It's oh. three days, yeah. It's Friday, but this is going to come out in two weeks. Yeah. So it'll be old oh, news. Oh, I'm thinking of
0: the Orvis one. I think it's tomorrow. What are you teaching?
2: Uh, Master Splinter. Okay. Huh? Belly bean. Popper.
0: The belly bean? I thought it was a jelly bean.
2: Nope. Belly.
0: No, we, 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 yeah
3: no uh,
2: belly bean belly bean Wait look at we still
0: call it a jelly bean when we're tying it but <laughs> a jelly
2: bean is a different fly
0: oh well
2: yeah.
3: belly bean's a cute
0: name
2: yeah it's easy it's a beginner class so yeah. i picked picked easy flies so what was the third popper what kind a foam head popper yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. that's easy
2: what kind what other kind is there
3: well, I mean there's a the pimple popper, but that's a that's a trade secret.
2: <laughs> no, so. I, I can't tie your fly sack. You can do the corn Although fly through today. People how on YouTube have been very uh leaving a lot of comments on that fly. Positive or negative? Positive. One guy S- gave tip that was a solid tip. What was the tip? If you under if you glue the underbody of the pimple popper yeah. uh up, it creates more of a hook gap.
3: Yeah. I feel like my first iteration, I took more time. and I did that kind of stuff. Just
2: t-
0: you know what? Don't don't apologize. Just be like, no, this is how I live my life. This fish, the way I tied it with less of a hook gap catches more fish. Right. Mm. That's what I. You didn't eat exactly. a pie. And I. Uh-uh. And I fight. <laughs>
3: no one's telling. No one's telling me how to tie. <laughs> and I fight that leader through the eye yeah. every single time. But you yeah. know what? Damn it! if I'm Also, not gonna do can it I my also
2: way, say we have the best crew for real recovery? Dude. <laughs> yeah. I am I'm I don't know.
0: I'm scared about what Sunday's gonna look like. But yeah. What be, do you mean <laughs> what Sunday's gonna, gonna, gonna look like? It's gonna be tough. Like. We might have too much fun Saturday. <laughs>
2: to. We're gonna be dragging <laughs> each other around
0: probably.
3: It'll
2: be all it'll all be good. I ain't worried. Oh yeah, no, I'm not worried. Yeah. Uh all right, Nate. What's up, man? So let's talk about what do you what do you do? What Let's do I though. actually what you, do? Yeah. What That's a, do? What do you do? Let's start there.
1: That's a good question. So I live in a small town, uh, Floresville, Texas, south of San Antonio. Uh, my wife grew up in a little town called Poth, uh, just south of there. and So you know, small town atmosphere. So this is kind of a funny story. You know, Nate, what do you do? Uh, a lot of people ask me that, and it's like a very loaded question. I wear a lot of different hats. But um, my wife goes to see the doctor, just GP, you know, General practitioner visit, uh, general physician, you know, uh, and this guy also happens to be my doctor. On paper, I've seen him once uh, since I've lived in Floresville. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but uh, so she walks in and uh, he says, "Holy cow, your your husband is a lucky, lucky man," and uh, and I'm like she's telling me this. I'm like, where's this going? Is this guy hitting on my wife? Like, you know, what's the deal? And, 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 and he, he proceeds to tell her that, you know, how she posts all these, you know, stories and and, and posts about how her life is wonderful and, you know, she loves, you know, her, our kids and, and me. And meanwhile, he sees me posting like I'm always gone, you know, on yeah. some sort of hunting or fishing trip. And he's like, my wife would not be happy loving life if I was gone hunting and fishing all the time. Yep. So I think a lot of people, you know, from the outside looking in go, Hey, there's Nate. And he's just off, you know, hunting yeah. or fishing again, uh, man to try to make a long answer as short as possible. Uh, I've been a freelance outdoor writer and photographer for 13 years. I started when I was 21. I'm 34 now. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I wrote for Texas outdoors journal for nine years. Uh, I work. I, uh, write for Lone Star Outdoor News. Uh, I've been doing work for them for four or five years Uh, Contract with lots of regional publications, uh, Texas Wildlife Magazine, done some stuff for Texas Parks and Wildlife, uh, a a magazine called Coast Monthly that's owned by the Galveston Daily News, uh, and numerous other publications. Uh, So, I've been doing the writing deal, uh, sell photos of these publications. Uh, I own a company with a business partner. Uh, He's a San Antonio guy. His name's Devin Leisner. We own SNL Outdoor Productions, LLC, and uh, we basically do... Digital marketing that's, you know, mostly in the outdoor space. Uh, we have at any given month, we have 12 to 15 social media clients. Uh, we manage social media for forum, uh, web design, uh, digital marketing as far as like ad spin goes on Facebook and Instagram and or Google ads, etc. cetera. Uh, graphic design. Uh, one of our big customers right now is Primo Processing in Hondo, Texas. Uh, awesome deer processing if you're looking for a place to get wild game processed, uh, they also have a killer meat market, uh, whether it's fresh products or dry products, uh, some awesome stuff. Uh, we created their website, online store, uh, et cetera. And right now, we're making a move. Uh, I'm working with, uh, with a friend of mine that uh, I met about nine years ago. His name is Nathan Yerian. He's based in Houston. He owns a, 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 a content production company, marketing company in Houston that basically markets brands, giant corporations, stuff like that, corporate America. Uh, and what we're working on doing is shifting the business from servicing these small mom-and-pop services, guide services, ranches, etc., to really marketing brands, uh, basically taking what Nathan's doing with his company in the corporate world and putting it in the outdoor space. Uh, so that's kind of a, a goal that we're we're headed to right now. But do that, and then I also shoot a lot of photographs. Uh, have a photography business uh, where – I basically get hauled around by different folks to document their adventures, uh, adventure photography, if you will. Uh, You know, the teal season opener's coming up uh, this weekend, which this this episode will air after it's already started, but uh, I'm booked for the teal opener, uh, basically just going on some hunts to, you know, document people's memories, Uh, and that's what I do in a nutshell, man. It's crazy. It's, uh, you know, I don't ever stop moving. I don't really ever have a day off. Uh, My phone goes off. 24-7. If I don't answer my phone, I'm not making any money, but uh, I love what I do. I had this goal of getting paid to go hunting and fishing. I've done everything from guide fishing trips and guide hunting trips to, uh, you know, post on social media for folks to, you know, shoot photos of guys that literally just want me to make them look awesome, and uh, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world, man, but I, I couldn't do it without my wife uh, and, uh, you know, the support system I have at home, and then I've been really fortunate to make some awesome relationships, uh, and friendships with folks that have really paved the way to, to open up doors for me. So
2: that's awesome. Let's talk about, uh, the family dynamic because I know a lot of guys maybe feel like, Oh, my wife doesn't let me hunt or fish. Or like what you said with the doctor, my wife would kill me if I was out hunting or fishing. Yep. So how do you, uh, How does that work with your wife? It's a, it's a
1: balance for sure, man. Uh, anybody that's married, uh, knows that, uh, you know, and then anybody that's married with kids really knows. I had a buddy tell me, uh, you know, a long time ago and, an an older friend of mine, he said, you know, Nate, there's, there's, you know, life before marriage. Then there's life with your wife then there's life with your wife and kids. And you find out that you have this gear that you never knew you had. (laughs) Yeah. That you, you know, you turn on and, uh, it's crazy. Uh, I try to be really present when I'm home, uh, you know, working for myself, running you know running a business full-time. Uh, that's not always easy to do. Uh, really try to turn the phone off at, at certain times and, and ignore it when I can. Uh, but uh, I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, my wife, Emily, is an extremely independent person. She, uh, she was raised to be independent, you know, to not necessarily rely on a man in her life. And, uh, man, when I leave the house and I leave my kids at home with Emily – She's crushing it at home, dude. I, I You know, that, that's all I could say. I, I got buddies who, you know, it wouldn't work for them uh, because that's not their dynamic. But I can honestly say I don't worry about it when I'm gone because my wife kills it. And uh, I'm just blessed to, to be able to do that. We had an agreement before we got married. Hey, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, she loves me enough to support my dream. So uh, it works. And, you know. When we're together, we kill it, and when we're apart, we kill it, and <laughs> yeah. it just it just works. That's it's 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 a really weird dynamic from the outside looking in. It really helps from the fact that I can go, hey babe, I'm going hunting fishing, but I'm getting paid to do it. Yeah, uh, you yeah know. even better. It definitely, uh, it definitely. That,
3: I could see that. How long have you guys been together?
1: Shoot, you would ask that question. Uh, <laughs> don't don't worry, you're not hurting She's, my. She, I, I get it. If I, you can't get it. No no, okay. no, 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 We yeah. just, yeah. Had, it, we just yeah. had We just thank, oh, yeah. thank, yeah. thank you, Facebook. Yeah, thank you,
0: Facebook, for letting. Because the wife we had and I to call we, his wife yeah. last
3: week <laughs> and ask her, "Hey guys," well, and like they both debated about what day it was. Uh, you you see, that's awesome.
0: yeah, because it was just like, look, it, if it wasn't for Facebook, I don't. I think we'd still yeah. be arguing what day it was, but. You know, I I get that, and I think that's that's awesome. I mean, I make sure like if I'm going to drop the news that I'm going to go on a weekend trip, it's going to be over a good dinner someplace that's right. to be like, oh, make sure she's in a good mood. That's and right. Like, hey, and, a, and a
1: nice and a full belly to be like, hey, um, uh, I got this going on. Is that okay? And set set it up. No, you know, uh, to answer your question, we just had our ten year wedding anniversary back at the end of July. Okay. Uh, so I'd have to think about how many years we were together prior to that. Uh, maybe about thirteen years. Okay. Uh, uh, but uh. You know, it, it's definitely a balance. Uh, like you said, uh, you know, there's the whole, you know, earning brownie points aspect, if you can put that in quotations for sure. It's working in the outdoor industry full time and making a living fishing and hunting, you know, for lack of better words. it It is awesome and it is a dream, so to speak, but it also really takes a balance away from, hey, this is what I'm going to do on the personal side. You know, so it, it it's really hard for me to go, okay, I've been gone for this many days to make money. I had a damn good time doing it, but I've been, you know, away from the house and my kids. Uh, so now I'm back at home. It, it's really hard for me to go, hey, in three days, I'm going to head off over here for three days. But it has nothing to do with making any kind of revenue whatsoever. It's just something I want to go do. It's
3: like yeah. your personal that, so that go. takes a hit sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, definitely.
0: But but still to your point, when you're
1: there, you have to be present. Yep, absolutely. You have to be present there. Um yeah. You totally get it. Yep. So uh it's fun. Uh, my four year old Waylon, he uh he is a outdoor fool, man. Uh we were at the coast this past weekend and uh I've got I've had him, you know, casting a little push button rod and reel, a Zepco thirty three Academy special and uh I don't know many four-year-olds you could just hand a rod with a you know a, a jig and a soft plastic and and just say hey man get after it and he literally doesn't want help he doesn't need help uh, he right. might only cast you know fifteen to twenty feet uh, but he doesn't care he's out there with daddy having a good time uh, he shot his first turkey this past season uh, Jake uh, at age four uh, with a four ten that was my dad's mother's gun that my dad carried with. Him and his dad, when they went hunting, that was his, you know, quote unquote, gun that he got to carry when he was a kid, and then you know, so Waylon got to kill his first turkey with that gun.
3: That's awesome. Uh, that's so awesome. Yeah,
1: pretty uh, pretty cool. So that How pumped was he. I could show you a video. It was nuts, man. Uh, he, oh, I want to see that video. He I'm giggled sure. like a schoolgirl. It was <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, I'm looking forward to him shooting his first deer. You know, whenever that time comes in a few years. Have you guys? Are, okay, so that's a few years out. Probably. Uh, you know, I don't have a. High-powered rifle, a deer rifle, so to speak, a caliber, you know, that, you know, I would feel comfortable with him shooting a deer that really fits him right now. I guess you could say some of that's my fault. I haven't taken the time to get, you know, like, I'd really like to, you know, build an AR that he could shoot, uh, you know, something along those lines uh, that, uh, you know, adjustable stock that would fit him well. Uh, and he shot some ARs. I just haven't gotten around to building the right gun for him yet. But again, he's four. Yeah, uh, he's, I he shot he, my what? first deer at like age fourteen. So yeah, there's plenty of time. It's not like it's. <laughs> he's going got anywhere. plenty of time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I saw I saw on your Instagram
0: page. I mean, you got you know to have the setup with that like um, I forgot what it's called like the, the bog pod. Yeah,
1: exactly. Where you can you can put that that gun there. You know, tighten it in. And, and let me tell you, for somebody that's trying to get kids into shooting uh, that bog tripod, uh, it, it's. It is incredible. Uh, you know, like for instance, a shotgun. Uh, the The gun is stabilized in the tripod. It's in a vice grip, so to speak, uh, and it's a totally controlled setting when you're you're trying to teach a kid how to be safe. Because you got the gun pointed in a safe direction. It is it's extremely controlled. So, for example, the turkey hunt. When he shot his when he shot his first turkey, you know, I'm a big decoy guy when it comes to turkey. So I got a decoy at like eight yards. Okay, and uh, the gun is already pointed at the decoy. The birds come into the decoy, so the gun is already pointed basically in the right direction. He gets on the gun, points it where it needs to go. I physically tell him, okay, take the safety off, and then we count down one, two, three. He shoots. My The weight of my body is up behind him against the butt of the gun, so it takes a lot of the recoil out of it. it those bog pods are incredible if you're trying to get a kid you know comfortable with shooting it's perfect
2: did he catch that redfish we posted today
1: he did not catch that redfish <laughs> he uh that was a nice redfish it was uh, uh 29 to 30 inches. uh that was uh, a couple evenings ago and uh that particular evening every redfish that we caught was oversized but uh no he hooked two of them and they both broke his line uh you, shame on me i didn't i should have rigged his reel up with braid and i didn't i just had 12 pound it it had 12 pound test on it when i bought it and that's what i left on it put a 30 pound leader on it and it just the drag on those Zebcos is is not good yeah uh so uh he broke off twice and uh then i switched him over to a spinning reel and he just never got a bite after that i was catching him on top waters he was just throwing a jig I. he's not ready to throw a hard plastic plug with with two treble hooks on it <laughs> yeah. if you will uh i'm not ready to have a treble hook in in, in my your back. face yeah. yeah 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 so i can deal with the jig head not not a, not a top water. yeah yeah so but you know he's he's going well i want a top water and i'm eh, not yet buddy but uh no, no he's, that he's, makes sense yeah he loves it yeah. you see, see too many stories yes yes
2: so what's his next trip what is he looking forward to
1: He's excited about dove season, man. Uh, you know, he, he gets out there with his BB gun and, uh, you know, uh, earplugs. Yeah, earplugs or, uh, you know, earphones, depending on the day. it's I'll tell you what, ear protection with a kid sometimes can be a battle, so you always have both on hand. You know, hey, you want to wear earplugs, you want to wear earphones. And, you know, if it's hot, you know, the earphones start sweating, so then he wants to take those off, so boom, pop some earplugs in. Yeah. Uh, Does he
2: think every bird down is because of
1: him with his BB gun? You know, he has claimed a few of my shots. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'll I'll, I'll give him that. But uh, it's fun because, uh, you know, I have a black lab. She retrieves the birds, and, uh, you know, we pile them up on the tailgate or, you know, whatever the setup is. And, you know, as long as you got, you know, snacks and drinks uh, and – He's he's all about it, but you'll you'll be sitting over there. You shoot a few birds, and you know I'll be sitting with the dog, and he's you know okay, he's not sitting down anymore. He wants to move around. He's he's over at the tailgate playing with dead birds, flying them around like they're still alive. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it just being a boy and a kid. You know, in the outdoors, taking it all in. I, it's an adventure. It 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 really makes you appreciate you know the times. Hey, you go out there, you shoot. You know, hey, I go shoot three or four doves. You know, like that's no big deal to me. To him, it's everything. Uh, it's, it's just a very, to look at something from the eyes of a kid, it really brings you back to why we do what we do. Right. You know, it's it, you're making memories. It's not always about what you're doing. It's who you're doing it with and doing that with your, your kid, whether it's your son or daughter, that's a perfect example.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so you were talking about speaking of birds, you were telling us a bird story before we hit record and we decided, Hey, let's (laughs) press pause (laughs) on this. And we'll save it for the podcast. So,
1: so yeah, I'll tell you about that. So, uh, I uh, I started fishing uh, some professional redfish tournament series uh, five or six years ago. Uh, my tournament partner is a gentleman named Tim Young. Uh, Tim was a full time guide out of uh, Galveston, a uh, fishing guide for a long time. Uh, he's I uh, I don't know. Let's say Tim has twenty years on me. He's a he's a veteran, if you will, uh, at the in the salt. He's not a full time guide anymore. He's got a a different gig where he's uh, head of kind of outdoor entertainment for an oil and gas company. Uh, But Tim, you know, he cut his teeth with guys like Mickey Eastman and and Blaine Fryermood and uh, some other well-known guys on the upper Texas coast in Galveston. Uh, Mickey Eastman has that 610 Outdoors radio show, if if, if you're familiar with that. Uh, But, you know, Tim has seen and done, you know, some of the heydays of our, you know, our coastal fisheries in Texas. And uh, he was fishing for Triton boats and Mercury, uh, back uh, when ESPN was trying to make red like bass fishing, the ESPN Redfish Cup days. Uh, so he's got a pretty good, you know, he he has got some pretty good experience in the in the you know the inshore tournament fishing world. So we we became friends. I w- I was writing and uh, used him for some stories, and we just became buddies. And he just started asking me, "Hey man, let's fish tournaments together." And uh, I finally, you know, kind of jumped off the diving board, if you will, and and went after it. So. Your tournament fishing, you're, it's it's a weird deal. You're really focused about what you're doing, and you know every cast, you're just waiting for that next bite, right? And it's all about a goal. So you you get you get kind of focused on being serious about fishing. And is it it's fun? Yes, but it it's not always about having fun. It's about catching the right fish. Well, you know inevitably something happens when you're you're fishing a tournament, and you lose this fish, or your line breaks, or you know, whatever, and then you have this kind of what-if moment, like what if that was the money fish, what was, what if that was the winning fish that, you know, would have put us in first place instead of fifth place or, you know, you know, put us, you know, in the money. And uh, you start getting frustrated with yourself when that happens. Well, you know, Tim kind of came up with this term. He asked me one day, so I don't know what happened, my line broke or fish got off or, you know, whatever, and uh, he could tell that I was frustrated. And he goes, hey, man, there's a lot of birds in this world, right? Yeah, said, yeah, there are a lot of birds. He goes, where are all the dead birds at? How many dead birds do you see? I'm going, uh, you know, I, I never thought about that. I don't really see a lot of dead birds. You know, what are you getting at? He goes, there, there's millions of birds, right? You know, you, like, say you're in town, you drive by like a Walmart parking lot, all those blackbirds. He goes, where are all the piles of dead blackbirds at? <laughs> I don't know, man. He goes, dude, when you get frustrated about stuff like this, just start thinking about dead birds. Where are the dead birds? He goes. You need to ask somebody, that Where is there a planet where all the dead birds go? Like seriously, <laughs> where are the dead birds? So you know, we'll be we'll find ourselves in tournament mode, like real serious. You know, like the the whole reason we do the tournament thing is to have fun, man. Yeah. You're not going to make a living doing that. Not in the saltwater world. Not in the yeah. redfish world nowadays. You know, the market's too small. Bass fishing where it's at. Redfish, you can only redfish on the coast. You, you know, the the market, the sponsorships. People can say what they want. You, you're not going to make a living being a redfish tournament guy. Okay? So, at the end of the day, you're trying to have fun. So, if you're not having fun, what the hell are you doing? So, there are times when we be sitting there, you know, somebody's not having fun because they're frustrated about something that is totally out of your control, and the other guy just goes, hey, man, dead birds. But it's a great conversation piece. You know, you find yourself in a bar with some guys that you haven't been around before, and yeah. you're like, hey, dude, where are the dead birds at? Like, seriously, you know, like, yeah. where do you see dead birds at? No, well, you're, you're
0: talking to three guys that have already kind of hopped on the birds aren't real, real. bandwagon, <laughs> and we would say they're charging the federal government is charging said birds, yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's why we don't see them. Oh, there you go.
2: It could be no, but that that's somebody that's a picks cool them up like the lift scooters and charges <laughs> them. <laughs> and kind of
3: There's an app out there. There's <laughs> yeah. picking up the birds uh, around. Yeah. Them How home. can I
2: get a government contract job to pick up
1: dead birds? There and, you and go. Charge them up for the next. At least
3: it's using the old double a days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's I mean that's a great take. It's a cool take. It makes you think for sure. Uh, you know, it definitely takes your mind off something that's frustrating you. Oh, yeah. So,
2: what's the coolest photo shoot you've been on?
1: Man, probably the coolest photo shoot that I have been on uh, was a trip to Canada. It was a Bachelor Party. Uh, it was with some oil and gas customers. Uh, really good guys. Uh, they're all from Louisiana, uh, so uh, they know how to party. Uh, <laughs> yeah but uh anyways it, it was this guy's bachelor party and he had some of his closest friends uh and we went to canada on a three-day waterfowl hunt and uh i met these guys on a duck hunt on opening day and was shooting photos uh over in garwood uh with red bluff prairie hunting club and uh met these guys we kind of hit it off uh had some beers after the hunt uh sent them some photos and you know the the guy whose bachelor party it was he he calls me, and he says, uh, man, I've really been one to document some of my hunts. Uh, I really like the stuff that you shot today. You know, what do you think about going to Canada? And I was like, well, what about it? He goes, well, I'm doing my bachelor party there. Uh, you want to come shoot it? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you want to come photograph it? And I was like, well, heck yeah, I want to come photograph it. And uh, I said, here's the deal, though, man. I've never been to Canada. I've hunted waterfowl all over the United States, but I have never been to Canada. It's like, not going to go to Canada and not shoot the gun. So, I'll tell you what, I, I, I'll give you a discount, you know, on the fact that I'm going to go hunt a little bit too. And we had a deal where I shot like nine shells a hunt. Okay, three volleys. It's not hard to empty three shells per yeah. volley in Canada. Uh, but, man, it was awesome. Uh, dry land hunts, uh, a lot of goose hunting in the mornings, ducks in the afternoon. uh, had a couple of hunts where we, you know, doubled up and, and shot, you know, pretty much limits of geese and ducks in the same hunt. Uh, but uh, if you've never been to Canada and you like to hunt waterfowl, you have to go because there it gives you a new respect for killing waterfowl in the south uh, because you see how I don't want to I don't want to use the term stupid because waterfowl are not you know ducks and geese are not stupid but you see how non decoy shy they are in canada you know and then you think about how many hunters they got to fly over yeah. to get to texas or anywhere yeah, in the south right, Louisiana, here, and, yeah. and you're going holy cow this is what they were doing up there of course you're you know you're shooting birds that just hatched you know you know not like you are down here at times like especially during teal season but uh I mean, it just it gives you a whole new respect for the days that you, you know, stand on them here in Texas, uh, you know, or in the south period because, I mean. They made it all the way down here getting their, their ass it's, blown. It, it's, it's amazing. Just, yeah. It, what, what blew my mind was, you know, we'd be sitting there in a goose spread, you know, no, no full-body duck decoys out whatsoever, be hunting geese, and then all of a sudden a wad of ducks would show up in the field. And the guide – his helper, he would take a mojo decoy <laughs> that he just had sitting in the blind yeah. with us. We're sitting in A-frames, right? Yeah. So he would just turn the thing on and hold it up. <laughs> and those ducks would see those spinning wings and turn on a dime and, yeah. and come at the blind and the spread, and you're going, are you kidding me?
0: Yeah. We're yeah. down here. Down here, they
1: don't – you know, big ducks don't even like mojos. No. Teal, great, no. but big ducks, no, turn that sucker off. No, here it's – it's yeah, don't even look up
0: don't even look at the birds yeah. absolutely you know? don't don't, don't <laughs> yeah don't absolutely oh, yeah. Yeah. wait it's, and listen it, it's it's just different you know there's been times where it's like everything was perfect no reason
1: why those birds shouldn't have come in mm-hmm. and they 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 do two passbys and you no know, yeah but uh no the the photo shoot in Canada was pretty killer man uh it was it was a lot of fun I definitely burned up uh <laughs> burned up uh, the, the the camera for sure uh, you know have you ever have you gone on a on a trip yet where there was a little bit of a botch on oh like, yeah I, I
0: mean i'm sure with the amount it just these things happen
1: it's right? hunting right? right it's it's fishing uh, the outdoors is not a guarantee whatsoever no i've been on several hunts where uh uh you know guys are paying me to be there for photos and you know it's like i you're getting paid either way i'm getting paid either way but the, i i want the hunt to be successful as much as they do because it makes my job a lot easier yeah. but what i have come to learn from the photography thing over the years is you know it's kind of like that cliche of, you know it's not i said this earlier it's it's not what you're doing it's who you're doing it with and you know deer hunting's a little different you know the quiet aspect etc you know you can go you know sit in a deer blind by yourself and really enjoy yourself but uh you know like bird hunting especially you know dove hunting duck hunting that's not fun by yourself. It's yeah. way more fun with your buddies. Yeah. You know, it's way more fun with other people. And and I find myself, you know, capturing interactions with people. And I, I, I've i had these customers go, holy cow, I remember that happening. I remember him telling this joke or, you know, so-and-so tripped when they got out of the blind to go to the bathroom or, or whatever. I had no idea you were shooting photos of that. Yeah. And you catch these interactions, these guys laughing and joking. Like, I have this one particular photo. These guys, and they're looking at this video on their phone from the night before playing uh, uh, beanbag toss, uh, and, and, and you know, talking all this mess. And they had this tournament, and uh, they're, they're laughing about that because there's no birds flying, there's no ducks flying. That the, it's just a, a, like you said, a botched hunt. And I have these great photos, of these guys laughing at this phone screen, and they're in the duck blind, and those guys. They thought that was the best thing since sliced bread. They were like, "I had no idea you were shooting photos of that." So, you just you just learn to document the fun where you know whatever it's happening, whether it's a guy you know emptying a shotgun you know on on ducks in the deeks or you know somebody laughing at their buddy's expense. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a uh, it, it's a good time.
3: Uh, I got a question. So if you if you're on a shoot and you don't plan on hunting. Do you buy a license for, whatever you're, for wherever you're at?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, most of the time I buy a license, uh, you know, just to make sure that I'm not in a situation where... That's why I was
3: asking because, I mean, like a game when comes up, it's like technically you don't have a, yeah. a gun, but still it's a lot easier to be like, now here's my license. I'm yep. shooting the photos. Yeah.
1: No, I pretty much have a license everywhere. That's so what I figured. It just prevents yeah. an issue. Uh, yeah. It's it's easy money to spend. You know, it's not going to break the bank. and Yeah. Yep. You know, you don't end up in a situation where somebody's like, well, what's that guy doing? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. You know. Have you ever been stopped?
1: I've been, we've been in lots of situations we have been stopped. Yeah. I've never gotten in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Any interesting situations?
1: Man, uh, I was on a hunt with this guy uh, two seasons ago on uh, the opening week in the dove season. And he's a super nice guy uh you know he was you know a lot of these guys are you know individuals of affluence right you know doctors lawyers you know entrepreneurs etc uh and uh you know <laughs> game warden rolls up in the field and he's checking everybody's license and guy even checks my license i don't even have a shotgun near me you know and you know, here's my license dude i don't have any birds i don't have a gun but yeah no problem and uh, so he checks my customer, and <laughs> my customer's like, oh, can you look at this? He goes, I swear I bought my license. Oh. And the guy doesn't have a license, so he oh. writes him a ticket. Of course, you know, no big deal. That's like a, you know, buying a piece of bubble gum for this guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he was just embarrassed as all get out. And, you know, the the deal was is the guy was just so wrapped up in life and what he does for a living, and he was so excited to, you know, cut loose and get to the dove field. He forgot to buy his license, uh, you know, and he was embarrassed, you know, and I was like, Hey man, the Lone Star Live episode, (laughs) whatever. As soon as he said (laughs) that, it's like, no man, I can't do that. (laughs) It happens. Hey, do you do any fly fishing? I don't, uh, I say I don't, I've fly fished a time or two. I'm pretty good at hitting myself in the back of the head with a fly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, no, uh, you know, I would really like to do some fly fishing. I just have to carve out the time to do it, uh, Yep. You know, there's a heck of a fly fishery, you know, just here in San Antonio area and the the Hill Country, man. Uh yeah. talked to lots of guys, you know, hitting up these Hill Country rivers and streams, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, bass, trout, carp, you know, all the, you know, all that stuff. Uh, oh yeah, people are getting after it. It's there's a yeah, you guys have a pretty you know, it's it's a pretty good group of anglers and I have not talked to a fly fisherman one that I haven't liked. Uh, you know, you guys are I mean, y'all really care about the resource, and that, that's important. I got a few.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you gonna list them out, Zach? No, just 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 one comes to mind. <laughs> we're we're we're
3: out of margaritas. We'll have <laughs> Speaking, of, what was the last flavor?
2: Yeah, did we agree on what that?
3: I have no clue what the blue one was. You know, it's it was.
2: I was thinking it was gonna be coconut, but it wasn't. It was not. We coconut. just had four,
3: and I don't remember drinking two of them. <laughs> no. Yeah, after the second one, they all come kind of blurred.
2: Yeah. I do feel good. Like I think. I mean, we each drank the equivalent of one margarita because you know, I bought four. Yeah, yep.
0: thirty five yep. minutes. Well, look, look. Don't tell anybody this, but you know, that watermelon one. I think I'd go to that one again. That was, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, for three bucks, man, you can't yeah. beat it. But that's just between us. Don't tell anybody. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna wake up yeah. with a massive <laughs> headache, Though. <so. laughs> that's Probably.
1: funny. Probably. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, what do you? Uh, what do you? What type of articles do you write for Lone Star Outdoor?
1: Man, for lunch or Outdoor News, it's all just kind of news articles, who, what, when, where, why kind of thing. What's happening? Uh, you know, uh What have been
2: some recent recent articles that you've written?
1: So, one of the coolest articles in my opinion that I've written uh here in the last several weeks, I uh, wrote a I wrote an article about a guy that was uh, a hunting guide in Montana uh and uh I think it was Montana, somewhere in the Midwest up North and uh he went on a solo hunt, you know, just kind of a personal hunt uh, in between, you know, guide trips, and he took his dog, and he goes up in the mountains, and he's using these train tracks uh, to to basically go up the mountain because it's kind of path of least resistance, and uh, anyways, he comes back. I think he was mountain lion hunting, if I remember correctly. I'd have to go look back at the article. Anyways, guys coming back down the mountain, you know, taking the same set of tracks, and His life goes black. Well, what happened was he slipped on a, you know, some icy train tracks. Knocks himself unconscious. He ends up getting run over by a train. (gasps) And, and, uh, loses his, he loses an arm and a leg. I I can't remember if it was both on his right side or right arm, left leg. Uh, this is bad. I wrote the article. I can't remember the particulars, but he loses an arm and a leg. And, uh, the guy, the guy actually killed an axis, uh, earlier this summer, uh, Back in the field, uh, he's shooting a bow with a you know a mouthpiece to draw his bow. Uh, just just the 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 kind of guy that his name is I believe it's Sam Griner. Uh, you could go to my Instagram and, and you'll see a post with a uh, you know a guy with a uh, prosthetic uh, prosthetic leg, and uh, he's uh, he's got a really nice trophy axis that he shot. Uh, he ended up shooting it with a with a lever gun, a thirty thirty. He did not shoot it shoot it with a bow, but uh, I know Sam is uh, he's working on on shooting the bow with a mouthpiece and it it was just a really inspirational story of a guy that you know he goes I like hunting enough that I'm okay to suck at it to not be good at it like I was because I have to overcome these obstacles that I have in life now and he's just lucky to be alive the the deal was is the, the the conductor of the train he sees this guy's dog and ultimately what what's happening is is this guy's dog is standing over him because he's unconscious and he's trying to wake him up I guess trying to figure out what's going on well the guy sees this dog from a distance and in the way Sam put it these these trains go through the mountains like extremely fast right so and waited there's no way to stop. they
0: can't stop right,
1: right right so he sees this guy's dog and he his initial thought is it's a it's a bear you know like eating a, a deer or something and uh, anyways as he gets closer before he hits him. He realizes, holy cow, that's a human being and a dog. And, and really, this guy's dog saved his life because had the the conductor not caught in a glimpse of the dog and thought it was a bear, he probably wouldn't even realize that he was going to hit something. Uh, and and what, what I thought was really neat was Sam was trying to go back, uh, and, and he was really doing a lot of research, and I don't know how successful he's been since we've talked last, but he was, he was basically retracing all the steps of people that you know, made it out there to basically save his life to thank every one of them. Uh, and I don't know if, yeah, if so since then if he's, he's so talked to that conductor or what's what. what's
2: the story? He obviously got hit by a train. train couldn't stop. So the what conductor, the next conductor
1: calls, uh, I guess nine one one, and they get emergency response teams up there, and uh, I guess because it's so cold, he didn't bleed to death, and uh, they get into a hospital. It's, it is a crazy story, that is but crazy. I have never talked to anybody in my life that is determined as this individual to to basically, you know, overcome adversity and get back to where they want to be. Like you know, he's got aspirations of guiding, you know, Western style hunts again, That's and crazy. and I believe he'll do it. Uh, and uh so so that was a that's a that's probably my favorite article that i've written uh written recently uh but i you know i write all kinds of stuff fishing and hunting you know newsworthy stuff uh profile articles i uh, just wrote a profile article about you guys uh <laughs> yeah. the podcast honey hole Hangout. and uh that's uh in the uh, september 9th issue of Lunster outdoor news uh, that's this Friday. Uh, obviously, you know, two weeks later is when this, this will be old this, news. But yeah. We'll post it to yeah.
2: Facebook, or you guys can go back online and find it.
1: Yeah. But uh, you know, I do profile articles like that about you know guides, outfitters, just individuals doing cool stuff uh, in the outdoors. Uh, just kind of, hey, this is what these guys are doing, and this is why you should check them out, kind of thing. So glad I glad I could do that about you guys. Yeah, no, we appreciate no, you thank doing you. that. Yeah, can't wait to go to Academy and take them all.
0: <laughs> <Just> take
3: <laughs> them, all. Yeah, them all, Gabe. You going to sign them? Hell, yeah. <laughs> put them on eBay. Yeah. $30 a pop. Glamour <laughs> Dlam- shots. Yeah. Send to your parents. Make them
0: proud. Heck, yeah. I'm going to go yeah. show the wife. <laughs> <laughs> Not that she cares, but I'm like, hey, look at <laughs> You see all those times I'm going out on Tuesday night? <laughs> That's this. where I'm at. Look at. this. I'm in the paper. I'm, I'm in the, the right paper. In the She's going to put it
2: on the refrigerator.
3: Exactly. I, I hope Kendall puts it on the
0: refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it on the fridge, in the fridge, putting it in the bathroom. Okay. I'm going to put it in every Bucky's bathroom that uh, we stop at.
1: So <laughs> there you, you go. I bet I marketed Market it out, man. Yeah, Give
2: them some reading material. It's a reading material. Hey,
1: you need to re- You need it. And it's reading
2: great advertising, advertising too for great us. That's yeah. it.
1: Now, hopefully, you guys get some more listeners out of the deal. And uh, man, I you know the folks at Lone Star Outdoor News, they really take care of me. Uh, I can't tell you how many doors have opened just from being a part of you know their team. And it's it's really neat, you know, because I mean, two times a month I'm making phone calls, you know, just talking to people that are out there fishing, and hunting, and uh, you get to meet a lot of really cool people doing that. Uh, You learn a lot of stuff, Uh, you know, uh, so it's uh, like some of the fly fishing guys I was talking about, you know, I've interviewed, you know, lots of guys, you know, fly fishing, you know, something that I'm not very good at and really don't have a lot of know-how about, but uh, it's a, it's fun. Yeah,
2: if you need help on the profile articles, I got some guys. Awesome. For you.
0: Heck yeah. I think it's been a pretty, pretty cool thing to see. I mean, guys that, see the name, right, we'll see the Instagram page. Yeah. But to have them on and talk to them and, and really get to know them and and you know the characters they are just the the info they're able to bring I think right. it's just been you know a fun thing to to be able to experience
1: um in doing this. yeah you know, for sure so that's awesome. yeah you guys talk to a lot of a lot of neat folks uh doing different stuff uh you know that's uh that's what the outdoors is all about man it's it, to me it's about the relationships you develop oh, yeah. uh you know like i said i wouldn't be able to do what i do without you know the friendships and relationships that i developed and uh you know god bless every one of them because i don't really think i'm that cool of a guy
2: <laughs> uh nate what's your most memorable outdoor experience
1: man one that kind of sticks uh in my head uh I, my son did just shoot his first turkey this past season so uh, i could see yeah, how that one would be hard that, one to that's, yeah. that that's pretty cool but as a kid uh you know i got into the outdoors because of my dad uh, my dad always loved to fish and and loves to fish to this day Uh, and uh, we grew up in Texas City, uh, my brother and I, on the upper Texas coast and on Galveston Bay, and I remember one night, I I don't know, I might have been six or seven, uh, we're fishing this pier, Uh, it was was at a place called Dollar Point Marina at the time on the Texas City Levee that had a lighted fishing pier, and uh, we're just, you know, throwing tandem speck rigs for speckled trout in the lights, and uh, I don't really know if I was throwing them. Like I said, I was little, I probably couldn't stand up you know high enough to cast over the edge of the pier but uh you know my dad my dad's fishing and i remember i used to get so excited anytime like a quality fish was caught like and and i was talking earlier about how you know like how you know through the eyes of kids you see these things in the outdoors and kind of takes you back Uh, i got to experience that this past weekend Uh, you know my son was like adamant we got to keep these fish we got to put them in the cooler we got to eat them you know i forgot how important it was as a kid to like take something home from your fishing trip. Well, uh, I, I can remember being on the slide up here with my dad, and I remember as a kid, any time that, you know, a quality fish was caught, you know, say a slot red or, you know, an 18, 20-inch trout, I mean, I was jacked. And uh, we're, we're fishing these these lights at night, and dad hooks up with this fish, and I don't know how big this trout was, but in my mind and in my eyes, the way I still see it from, you know, six or seven, it was like a 33-inch trout. It probably wasn't that big, but it was huge to me. And he goes to flip it over the pier, <laughs> and his rod breaks. <laughs> 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 then his line breaks, so we lose this giant trout. And I remember just being devastated, but at the same time, just being like in awe of how big the trout was. And and uh, I just I just remember, you know, I was there with my dad doing what he loved to do, and and because of that, that's what I love to do and uh i don't know you know it sounds kind of silly you know we didn't even land the fish but to me that's that's one of my most memorable outdoor experiences is is being there with my dad hooking this giant trout his rod breaking you know losing the fish it you know all the emotions of the outdoors from the excitement to the you know even the emotional roller coaster kind of the disappointment but the gratitude and appreciation all at the same time uh that's it for me man
2: that's awesome and then your son shoots a turkey at four.
1: Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. He did. Uh, he's a lucky kid. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: um, what uh, What do you have on the books coming up? What are you excited about in the future?
1: Man, uh, I got a lot of waterfowl, uh, waterfowl trips coming up. Uh, as I mentioned, I got some stuff for uh, teal season coming up this weekend. Uh, I'm spending an entire week uh, with uh, Spec Ops waterfowl, if, if you know that name. Uh, it's run by a guy named Luke Bledsoe. And uh, if you haven't checked out their Instagram, you need to check it out. It's Spec Ops. Uh, these guys are hunting ducks and cranes and geese uh, in, you know, probably the least talked about area of Texas when it comes to waterfowl. They're hunting them in South Texas. Okay. Uh, they're hunting them on cattle tanks and, and flooded sloughs, uh, peanut fields. Uh, heck, I went on a, a a killer speckle belly hunt with them. Uh, it was the last season of the season before. uh uh, in Pleasanton, Texas, if you know where that's at. You know, they're, they're, they're killing waterfowl in places that are not historically, you know, known for waterfowl. But, you know, if you know anything about ducks and geese, uh, their migration has changed big time. And uh, there's just a lot of habitat and resources for these birds in the South Texas area where they're not pressured. And uh, Luke and, and his team have tapped into that and figured out a way really provide quality waterfowl hunts uh for folks in this unpressured area of the state in the most underestimated area of the state in Mm -hmm. terms of waterfowl they're they're killing ducks and geese and cranes in deer country Mm -hmm. in in places where people don't give a dang about birds they you know they shoot doves opening weekend and the focus goes to giant deer yeah and uh it's really cool so i'm spending a week with luke uh uh, two different groups of customers he has that I'm shooting photos of. Uh, so have I'm pretty you, excited about that. Have you done any
0: chocolate trips yet? I have not. Oh, it's on the list. I would really want to bag one of those. Chocolaca. Yeah. Chocolaca, yeah. Uh so South Texas is things like it's like a I guess you can say like a Mexican turkey. It's it's a little bit smaller than a turkey, bigger than a rooster. In fact, the Mexican rooster fighters will will um we'll throw the that bloodline into the mix and some of the roosters <laughs> uh, to get them but they they it's a weird How call. do you know about this game? So my wife is from <laughs> How McAllen. How much money are you betting? <laughs> on my his, uh... my, <laughs> my wife is from McAllen. Uh-huh sure. So I would go down wife. there during don't, Christmas. Don't tell Hold on my story's not this. done yet. I would go down do, go down there for Christmas and um, I I would go um, we'd spend a week down there and I'd I'd go to the bird centers because there's like three or four in the area within like an hour drive. So the world birding center. So in some of these places aren't very big, but what they have in this little area is a lot. I mean, some really cool stuff you're seeing uh, in December from, you know, some really cool um, like the green jays, the Altamira Oreos, um, Kiskades, some really cool birds that just brightly colored oranges, greens and stuff. And then the chachalaca, and the chachalaca is like I said, it's it's a little bit smaller than a turkey, bigger than a rooster, and they're kind of ground
1: birds. I'm and not gonna lie, I thought you were jacking with me when you asked me if I've been on some sort of chachalaca hunt. I was yeah, going. Sounds like, like a sniper snipe hunt. hunt. Yeah. yeah. No. You know, am I about real, to chase some uh, you know grocery sacks around? No, real deal South <laughs> Texas birds. And, and in fact, yeah.
0: And in fact, um, you know, early settlers would talk about them and how you know they were. Yeah, you know, they'd shoot them and taste like. You know, it sounds like a prep interior. for like a
2: boy scout hunt. Oh, we're gonna go hunt snipe. The early settlers, you know, <laughs> ate them at Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they exactly run through the woods says. with pots and pans and yep. <laughs> to lure yep. them out.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a it's a real bird, a real deal. Um, I'm just showing a picture of it. Nice. Okay. And um, and th- there are some hunts down there in South Texas, but it's it's on the list. I would I wouldn't mind having one of those. Mounted on the wall. Heck yeah! Um, but yeah, they they come in groups, and at some of these birding centers, you know, they're almost like the the ducks up here, where oh, this guy's got food. Are they here. a
2: migratory bird?
0: Uh, no, they're just out. There. I think the furthest they come up is maybe three rivers, and that's it. Hmm. Huh. And um, but hmm. yeah, there it's it's a cool bird. They have like this weird call, almost like a bark. And so you know, you're you're quiet, you're walking, and all of a sudden you run into one, and then that one's barking, and the other ones that you know, thirty that's of them right. in the tree that you didn't see it.
2: Snip. It's a snipe. It's a It's hey. It's from,
0: don't say don't talk to. I mean anyone a from South Texas bird that we can only find any yeah. anyone in South, South Texas. And you hunt it
2: with pots and pans and wooden spoons. Yeah.
0: I mean, I I, I feel like people he would say, say the that feather
3: in your brow too. I mean, it, it like, may
0: be the mockingbird here, but once you pass three rivers, it's hmm. a chakalaka.
2: You only see him in a scout's uniform. Nothing else. That's it.
0: Nothing else. <laughs> Fully bird. Don't forget School your
3: handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Lots of batteries going to that one. There you go. With the ground ground surveillance crew. Yeah.
2: Um, so, Gabe, did you have an article? I did. Um, I forgot to do that earlier. No, no, it's
0: all good. It's all good. Um. So I was looking through. I think I
2: saw this fish picture, by the way, too. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. Um, we were what's talking the, earlier. What's the button? Neat things in nature? Neat things in nature.
0: How neat is that? That's pretty neat. We're late in the game on this one. I don't even know what know the, we're what out what of the call the is. Marga- yeah. The
2: margaritas like, threw me the order off. They were. For it was sure. a little weird.
0: So uh, <laughs> let's see. This is out of Houston. The rare leopard redfish caught along the Texas Gulf Coast. We've got a picture of this redfish. And it's like there's, I mean, spots all over this thing. Um, it looks exactly like you would expect from um, from a leopard. Ryan Hernandez from Corpus Christi reeled in a rare leopard fish while fishing near Baffin Bay in the Laguna Madre. He says I had fished these waters for huh? Fished o- uh, over thirty years and have never seen a leopard redfish in person, only in magazines. Uh, until Ryan reeled one in, said the captain. So it is a it's a really cool. Show us the pic. Yeah, it's um I mean it's it's not as red. It could just be. You know how the picture it's was taken, but it's got but
2: black spots all over it. Uh, well, it's not red.
0: So yeah. yeah, I mean, again, you guys have no problem questioning, not questioning this, but I say chakalaka, and then it's
2: well, yeah, because I know leopard fish is a real yeah, thing. Chakalaka, <laughs> sounds. Like we've been podcasting fish. for two years, and the first time we hear about the South <laughs> Texas bird is episode 110. Right,
0: not another person
3: can, is like, dude, after it is game a bird.
0: thing down there. You talk to any, we could call, we call a random person right now in a phone book, and they'd be like, and we just say, hey, chakalaka. and we'd be like, yeah. There's Are like you three even allowed of them to hunt
3: it, or is it like an endangered bird? No, it's...
0: Shoot, just no one does it. Why does nobody do it? Because it's endangered.
2: <laughs> 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 I <know>. Not endangered. <laughs> Not like it an eagle or anything, so... <laughs> yeah, no, you can shoot them.
0: I think there's like a five-bird limit a day. I don't have to claim it on my hip certification, so...
3: I've
2: never seen it in like a Texas Outdoor Annual. Or they have I- a stuffed one...
0: At uh, one of the museums here. At, like, the kids' museum, whatever they have. Well, they don't, i do don't, don't not a known for Bash traveling Coil. to
2: kids' museums.
0: Actually, I think they do have one at Bass Pro. A chocolate? Upstairs, yeah. Okay. A stuffed one.
2: At Bass Pro, among thousands of other stuffed animals. I think Texas it's literally
0: Chocolata. written out that the South Texas section has these things, and a Chocolata is on there. Is it like a checker? No, it's bigger. What's well, bigger? It's bigger than one of those. You look kind of like
1: a pheasant. Yeah, I mean yeah.
0: it's it's, it did. it's yeah. just it's just
2: or like a grouse, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's just it's a cool it's a cool bird.
0: You haven't seen one, obviously. You guys haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are missing out. No, Zach,
2: are you sure you didn't do the cryptozoology? No, no this one's yeah, it's like a, a real
0: Chukaluka. deal. I have fed one by my hand.
3: Wait, I've mean, gone like this at a
2: bird center. Yeah,
0: it. Um, forget
3: the name of that one. There um, it says South Texas chuckalucca aka the Western Snipe. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but it is also known as the ring necked pheasant or similar to the ring necked pheasant. So,
2: yeah. There oh, that's cool. Come. I guess learn something new.
3: All right. A whole new game bird on our fish and wildlife podcast <laughs> that we didn't even know existed.
2: I <laughs> would be interested Let's, in not hunters, stuffing that bird to put hunters, it on the wall, but, but to turn it into fly tying materials.
0: Hunters taking a chakalaka can expect a great meal as well as a challenging hunt.
1: Nice. From the, From the Houston Chronicle. Maybe we need
2: to do a Chakalaka hunt. Hey. Why are we doing a crane hunt?
1: Who y'all crane hunting with? Uh, red Eye. Nice.
2: It's okay. uh, Well, it's a makeup hunt because our hunt went so bad last year. So Jacob freebie.
1: Salmon was uh, hunting for Red Eye, or I don't know if he owned Red Eye, but anyways, he's running uh, full throttle now. Uh, I don't know full
2: throttle. Who do we have on at Trout Fest? That they have that fish Black Dog? Black Dog. No, that was Black Dog River Guides. Yeah. What was the crane operation? I
3: can't remember, but it was with Black Dog. It was
2: with Black Dog. They do uh, fly fishing trout in the summer up in Aspen, Colorado, and then they do crane hunts in the Panhandle during the winter. Yeah. Nice. What was? It wasn't full throttle though. It was not full throttle. I don't think so. Colton was his name though. Yeah, he played football for Tech. Yes,
3: under Mr. Tuberville.
2: Under Tuberville, I think I asked him if he How if it feels Patrick about Tub- Mahomes <laughs> tickled his. You know, if he was Mahomes went under center, but I think he's like they ran shotgun the whole time. Yeah, I can't remember the name of that outfit though. No, uh, but we're doing red eye. So we had a uh, uh, first day. We had a two day, two day hunt last year. First day. 40 mile per hour winds, no birds flying. That's how it goes hunting. Yep. No harm, no foul. Day two, we had a uh, landowner confrontation. Oh, wow. That was not great. And so our trip got comped for this year. So we're going back this year to, nice. to redo the hunt. Good so,
1: deal. A lot of birds up there.
2: Yeah. Oh, well, that second day, there were eight on of birds flying over. Birds starting to come into the spread. I think we shot two birds that morning, but it was just like, man, it was just where we all probably would have limited it out that day if it wasn't for the, the wind. No, no, for the landowner.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Issue. Yeah. That's a bummer. That's a long way to drive to. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I'm pumped to go this year. Pumped the to go this year.
1: Grain hunt's fun, man. Those yeah. suckers are good to eat. They are good to eat.
2: I've been practicing my calling, too.
1: There you go.
2: Yep. Me,
3: too. Yeah, that's fine.
2: <laughs> what is yours, Zach? Do it again? <laughs> um, but, Gabe, you got a duck hunt coming up, don't you?
0: I'm hoping to. Um, Probably for sure in the coast, but we'll probably do it in, like, January. Uh, we were just talking about that uh, the other day. But, yeah, that'll probably be. Probably a month out before we decided just trying to, you know, schedule stuff. I yep. mean, just, just talking last week with these guys about just our October schedule. Going home that night, we're like, okay, you know, sitting down with the wife. Okay, we got this going on. We got yep. this going on. Can we yep. Can That's we kind right. of, you know, make this work, you know? And, and um, so, yeah, it'll probably, like, it'll be a last-minute, um, probably January trip. So I, I, love, I love duck hunting. And We had a spot here south of town. It was just awesome. Nothing like, you know, getting there. <laughs> 5 o'clock in the morning, shooting your stuff, being home by 11. I mean, yep. It was just so cool. Um, but, unfortunately, the the guide out there lost the access to uh, to that spot. Um, hmm. But, um, yeah, it, you know, things happened. It was an g- awesome three years of being able to f- to uh, hunt that spot with widgets and gadwalls and a teal or two. Yeah. Um, but last year was the first uh, – or it was the second coastal trip. I did do one where we went to um, – Oh, what the island? I think it's around Matagorda Bay, or it's uh, there's an island. It's run by the state, and it used Matt to that Island. Yeah, so it used to be a um, used to be a World War II uh, airport uh, hmm. for the military, mm-hmm. and so the only way to get there is by boat. And and then once That's you normally
2: how islands are, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Well, you can walk. <laughs> not, not really. I
0: mean, it could be a bridge. A land bridge. It's land bridge.
2: Could be, know. but anyway, yeah, traditionally
0: we took a boat. It's not a few million years. I mean, yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh and so uh yeah, we uh we uh we took a boat out there and we get out there super early. I mean we like at three o'clock in the morning uh roll up and then they have they have a couple of, of guides or uh, a couple of, of Texas wildlife guys that you walk up to and, you, and there's a line. So you basically in that yeah, line. Yeah, and they pick, put you in a spot. And they put you in. They drive you out. Yes. They drive you yeah, out. Yeah, that's Mad Island. And so it's so cool to see like you're getting up that early and you're and they're driving you. And it's a little bit of a drive too. It's at least like, I don't know, I felt like forever to get to your spot. And just to see all the stars and and all of that stuff was awesome. And then they drop you off, and then you gotta go walk 200 yards to your spot. And of course, you can't see you can't see the you know where the water is at, and you're trying to look for the glare off of it, and you finally find it. But even for it being as cold as it was, the damn mosquitoes are the size of pigeons. Oh in yeah, the face. Yeah, those coastal mosquitoes oh. are. Yeah, they're a different breed, man. Yeah, I mean it was. It, they were still it had icicles on stuff. And there's still mosquitoes like, what the <laughs> hell? Oh, like, it's that cold. It's yeah, and, and there's all these little, like, smaller ponds, I guess you could say. And even then you got to be c- careful because I feel like there was kind of, you know, gators chilling out in Probably. those spots, just, you know, yeah. not moving. But so many birds, just so many birds everywhere. So we did that a couple of years ago. That was awesome. And, um, and then last year we went off to South South Bay Guides or something like that. Um, and that was a fun trip. Airboat dropped you off, and yeah. the guide was fun and had a good time and saw a crap ton of birds. And you know, he the guide was telling us the story of a group of guys that you know this bird was coming in and it looked like a pelican, and they were all looking at it and kind of you know oh that's cool look at it coming in and uh it was a snow goose <laughs> and sure as shit. Not an hour later, we were all doing the same thing. We're all taking a break, you know, it's kind of late morning. We're looking, we're seeing this thing flying at us. Just completely forgot, we just talked about this. I was like, man, that looks pretty cool. It's coming right at us. I'm like, ah, it's probably a a pelican. Bright, just bright white, you know, and the thing got to, like, 40 yards. And by that time, you're, like, scrambling to try to, (laughs) you know, get your gun up. And by the time you get your gun up, you know, you're already shooting at its butt, Um and it was just a cool trip. I think the the cold stuff was pretty fun. You know, just to see, you know, with it being so flat like that. And I'm sure you see it when you guys are up there, you know, with the crane hunts to just see all those birds everywhere oh, in yeah. any direction and just, you know, flying around. I think it's just such the coolest thing. And just seeing ducks lo- lock up and come into a spread, man, that's just, that's it. I love that stuff.
2: So, uh, Angling Frontiers, I mentioned this before we recorded. So they do trips to uh, the Bolivian Amazon. Uh-huh. Stephen Palmer, who we had on a while back, probably episode fifty-ish, if I was going to guess.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, it was <clears throat> we were still in the garage.
2: We were still in the garage. Um, we had Stephen on. He talked about his trip down there and what a great trip he had. I know uh, Frederico from Expos and Events uh, ate lunch with him actually at uh, in Green. At the Grist Mill. One year during Trout Fest. A really nice guy. But they basically built up by hand a lodge-ish situation in the Amazon jungle over the past 10 years to take clients down there uh, to fish the Amazon for Dorado. And uh, they made an announcement uh, today or yesterday that their main lodge at... Casare Camp was burned down um, intentionally, arson by a competing outfit wow. in Bolivia. That's crazy, man. And so they did this huge post. Man, I really feel for him. I know Frederico and like how hard they're working to like get guys. And it's just, it's just, just even thinking about how much of a pain it is just to get mm-hmm. to that spot. And they put ten <laughs> years of blood, sweat, and tears into this, making it work, getting after it. And then their main lodge gets burned down. Wow. Um, And so uh, if you guys don't follow them, go to, it's called Angling Frontiers. Um, Great guys. They uh, um, had the meat eater crew down there for one of the seasons of meat eater where uh, old Steve wouldn't eat a monkey. (laughs) That was the same outfit uh, that took them down there. Um, but they hire local indigenous people to help do the guided and nice. all this kind of stuff, supporting the local economy down there. And it's just a really good outfit. So it's really sad to see that their, uh, that their lodge... I yeah, do got burned down. Burned down. Um, and uh, they said all the infrastructure and equipment was sprayed with gasoline and was set on fire. Um. And uh, we're hoping to have, uh, I'm, I'm talking to Federico. I think he wants to tell the story, so I'm ha- hoping to get him on the podcast. That'd be nice. It. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Federico's just a stand-up guy. You guys meet him and be like, this is just the nicest guy you've ever met. Uh, and uh, feel real bad for him. I mean, I just imagine, oh, if I spent 10 years building a lodge in Bolivia and how hard that would be, just getting the materials and the supplies right. and building the infrastructure and doing it all by hand, basically by yourself. And then to have it just burn down because of competition mm-hmm. uh, would be extremely demoralizing. Yeah, no kidding. So you guys go check them out. Um, I don't know if they're trying to do any support or anything to help them out. But if there is something, then we'll be sure to post it. And uh, hopefully we'll have those guys on the podcast soon. <laughs> Nate, uh, you have? Uh, do you have any like uh, fantastic hunting or fishing stories to end on?
1: Man, I got to funny story i'll I'll tell about uh okay. it's good it's a deer story uh you know bow season starts on october 1st and everybody's kind of gearing up towards hunting season uh at least you know the kind of the crowd that i run with uh but uh, i was on a on a doe hunt last year uh with my business partner and buddy devin leister and his dad and uh i was just there kind of shooting photos having a good time and they were doing some you know some herd management on a property that they hunt and uh anyways we went to go pick up Devin's dad the last evening. Uh he had one more dough he was going to shoot and so we go to pick him up and you know Randy he's he's a jokester so he kind of acts like uh I didn't really get a shot tonight, you know, I'm going to have to go back in the morning and then so you know we get in the buggy and head off and he goes, "Well, you may you may want to go that way." <laughs> and uh so anyways, you know, he's yanking our chain, he's got the dough. And uh, you know we've been having a few drinks, uh you know, having a good time. Devin and I had actually gone you know, done done a little dove hunting and stuff, and uh, just kind of goofing off while his dad was in the blind on the other side of his ranch. And uh, anyways, so he's got a dead doe over there. So we go to pick up a doe, and you know, I had a, a drink in my hand, so I set my drink down. And Randy's got all his stuff, his rifle and his hunt bag. So uh, me and Devin, I think it was me and Devin, me and Devin go to load the doe. You know, so here I am, I'm loading this deer that I didn't shoot. You know, whatever in the back of this buggy, <laughs> so. We go to load it, and when we swing it to go in the back of the 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 buggy, blood flies everywhere out of the side of this dough. And I mean, I literally took a blood bath, and I'm covered in blood. And there's this great, awesome photo of me holding this Yeti cup with blood from like my chin all the way to my ankles, all down my clothes. And I'm just I, I'm just there holding my drink, and I'm kind of like. I didn't even shoot this thing and I'm covered with blood, you know, and, and any, any of my buddies that know me, they know I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an outdoorsman, but I'm, I'm kind of OCD, right? You know, like, and and all I can think about is like, well, dang, now I'm really going to have to wash this stuff. I'm covered in blood, (laughs) which sounds silly as heck, but the photos just, it just kills it, man. It's, it, it, I'd have to go find it and show you guys, but I just remember thinking, okay, I'm loading a deer that I didn't shoot, and I have got blood all over me like I rolled around with this thing. <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's did did uh, you
2: clean it too? And uh, I did not clean that. that
1: one. Uh, but uh, it, it was just funny, man. You know, Kind of one of those moments you had to be there. But you know, you're sitting there covered in blood, and all you could do is laugh. And it's, it's not even the blood. It's just the fact that you know what that smell is oh, too. Yeah. It's just, that's just, all over just you. It's funny. just funny. Fun times, man. But uh, that's what it's all about, right? Make oh, your yeah. memories. For sure.
2: So, man, uh, if people wanted to uh, follow you and see what you're doing, obviously they could check out. Do you you write something in every Lone Star Outdoor News?
1: Yeah, I write uh, usually three articles an issue for them. Okay.
2: So if you guys pick up Lone Star Outdoor News, I think before we were airing – uh, they're free at certain outdoor free, stores. Free on
1: newsstands. Uh, you can also get subscriptions. Uh, whether that's you know an e subscription delivered to your inbox or a physical subscription delivered to your door. Okay. Uh, you know you can check them out at lso no lso news Excuse me, lso news And uh, my company is SNL Outdoor Productions. Uh-huh. That's sl outdoorcom You can also see check out nate skinner photography com. Skinner outdoors on Instagram. I I'm not. I am not a social media influencer by any means. I am not one of those people that posts all the time, you know. Uh, mostly, uh, recently, I've been posting more personal stuff than, uh, you know, my yeah. my work stuff. But, uh, it gets that way, it. man. Yeah. yeah, it comes and goes. I I We do all the social media stuff for, you know, our customers that it's sometimes social media is like, ah, the drain just to think about it. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I feel the anyways, same way. you can check we it had out. that
2: conversation, though.
1: For sure, we did. We did, but. That's it. If anybody wants to reach me, you can holler at me at 409-771-7971. That's
2: either a real good idea to blast it out there or a real bad idea. Hey, I got no
1: problems. (laughs) (laughs) Give me me a shout. (laughs) To the burner phone. (laughs) uh,
2: We'll link everything in the the, uh, podcast description so people can find your website, links, and Instagram and everything. And then uh, I think the uh, coffee code is still running. Yep. For Wild Rivers Coffee Company, if you guys want to discount our listeners, it's 15% off, and uh, their coffee goes to support conservation, so that's a cool deal. And then uh, what other stuff have we put out lately? Uh, YouTube tying fly tying videos. Mm-hmm. If you guys want to tie flies, you got a lot of videos out. We're putting a lot of fly tying content out there, so uh, go check that out. And
0: don't forget to start tying your flies for that the 1,000 that we're – Planning to donate for Tython. So. Yeah,
2: when does Tython start? Uh,
0: April, I believe. But start tying now. Don't wait to the last minute. Like I don't I think I do. it starts
2: in April. I think it starts in like November till April.
0: Well, it's. I mean, in get
2: the it. In oh, yeah. well, you wait till the last minute. I
0: try not to. Right.
3: I'm going like to give myself at least start, a month. They start pushing it in November. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So if you started right. now, mm-hmm. Tython uh, podcast skull a thousand flies. Yeah. So one a day. Right now, you can do it one a day.
0: Yeah. Now, like me, where you're doing. A hundred in an hour. Soon as due, we gotta send it
2: out. <laughs> so all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch y'all next week.
0: Look in the description below to find links to our website, online store, YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Discord server, and blog. Please send your podcast questions and inquiries to info at honeyholeangling.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you again next week.